to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Feeling so good. Yeah? Taking a little break from basketball, since I don't watch All-Star. But yeah, yeah that's good. it's the most, like, it sucks, because there's, like, not actual real basketball. Yeah. Like, all of yesterday, I was just wanting to watch real basketball, and I was, like, forced to watch the dunk competition. <laughs> watch Dwight Howard. <laughs> Giant dunk. <laughs> Can we not with like can like can there be rejections for the dunk competition? Can we, like could Adam Silver come out and say like no thanks, no. Dwight? Probably. I'll find you if you participate in this. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad for television. You actually you actually what if that would be so amazing if like you lost a half a game, like if you competed in a dunk competition and you just stunk so bad the commissioner was like, Yeah, you your your team loses a half game in the playoff race. <laughs> just because like we're over you. Yeah. Um but like, you know, I, I guess I just don't like care for like most of it. Like the final round of the dunk contest is like kinda neat. Or, like, you know, the end of the three-point contest is cool. But, like, I don't need to go watch Devontae Graham brick a bunch of threes. You know, that doesn't really get me going. <laughs> you can do that in real life. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just watch the Charlotte Hornets. Within a competitive matchup of something that, like, matters. Because that didn't. <laughs> but I know, like, we're kind of somewhat on the outskirts. I feel like more people are growing away from the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. I I know they're doing the Kobe thing this year. Yeah. Like the point total. I don't know. I'm interested to see if it works, does anything. Yeah, I mean, it's something to watch. Uh, sports, it's kind of like uh, in a dead zone right now, unless you're really into college basketball. But come on, like, let's it's, be honest. It's tough. College basketball is tough to watch. Um, Not unless you're watching those OSU teams and those brand new black uniforms, the retros. I mean, it's nice to watch. It's not go, necessarily go Cowboys, go go Pokes. Uh, yeah, got that W yesterday against one of the few wins <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> hey, take what you can get. That's true. Um, follow us on our social media if you haven't already, and uh, if you haven't already, you can also find us on. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, uh, and give us a rating and subscribe or follow us uh, on whatever platform of your choice. Matt, what? Uh, actually, you're not doing the recap. I am because I am a bad host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you missed episode 62, uh, the Knicks fired Steve Mills uh, and because the Knicks are a dumpster fire. Uh, trade deadline passed, so we talked about all sorts of trades. And then we repicked the all-star teams because that's what we like doing is yeah. mucking up rosters. And that's what we're making them better. Uh, Matt, now I'm going to pass it off to you. What happened in the news this past week? So just real quick, um, the all-star act- activities, festivities, um, just because some people care. Three-point contest, Buddy Heald um, beat out Devin Booker. Dunk contest, uh, Derek Jones Jr. got the championship over Aaron Gordon. Um, some people don't agree with that. I don't know. He jumped over Taco Fall. What, so, what, so does Aaron Gordon deserve to win it by what, default? Whatever. Like, it th- like 
Okay, Aaron Gordon, congratulations. You're going to win something for once. Woo! I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> skills competition. Bam Adebayo beat out Devonis Sabonis. Um, if you had a parlay on Sabonis <laughs> Adebayo in the championship of that and Adebayo winning, you must be one rich dude because um, that that's cool. What would be the odds on that? <laughs> like <laughs> like 5,000 to 1. <laughs> right, like... Like, that's like Kevin from The Office when Jim Halpert gives him oh, it like 10,000 to 1 odds or something. And he's like, you always, always take that bet. <laughs> that's probably what it was. Um, uh, somewhere some guy named Kevin is just enjoying himself. Um, uh, actual basketball. Uh, Damian Lillard out for a couple weeks with a groin injury, including the All-Star game. And so, therefore, Devin Booker was replacing him. Um, don't care about that last part, but the Dame part, if he's actually missing real basketball games, that very much matters for Portland. And um, we'll talk about that team um, and what they've got coming up for the remaining 20, 30 games of the season um, going forward. And then the last little bit of news was Michael Cade Gilchrist, who was um, bought out, waived by the Charlotte Hornets right before the All-Star break, um, has since signed with the Dallas Mavericks. Can kind of be that change of pace, small ball five um, option. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, they cut Ryan Broker off, who's just kind of like a three-ish point shooter who didn't play at all. So it didn't matter. So I like the the gamble to see if it'll work. So that's it for NBA news um, as of the past week. Yeah, not a lot. It's kind of the quiet season, I guess. And buyout, I guess buyout season is the thing now. I mean, there were only a couple games, yeah, before the break since we last talked. Um and we'll get into him a little bit with that uh, Celtics-Clippers game right before Ooh, the break. Um, so, like, not a ton of games. Um, and then, right, we had the huge trade deadline season. And then it comes to an abrupt halt. And you just have the few buyout guys immediately. And then we'll see if any more come about. I guess we could mention Darren Collison decided to keep being a Jehovah's Witness and not be an L.A. Laker. So um, <laughs> That has to be, like, one of the funniest, like, no's. <laughs> Like and like he's like nah I don't I don't want to play I'm on God's team (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go win an NBA championship maybe I'll just sit on the sidelines the price of a soul in eternity is worth more than the contract you can give me Genie Bus you know yeah then she throws like three million dollars at him he's like oh yeah yeah." well I'll take a meeting um, (laughs) and then Uh, I'll still say no um so I guess that was really it um so two topics. Um, or no, one, one really, really big topic is what we're going for yeah. today. Yeah. Um, expectations for the remainder of the season. I said it, um, during the news, there's, you know, depending on the team, somewhere between 25 and 30 games left moving forward. Um, so just really the last third of the year. It's crazy. This has come so quick. I know. Well, the all-star break, like being at the two thirds point, yeah. not like the midway. So it's not like we have 40 games left and you still got a lot going on. Like no trade deadlines come and gone. And now, you know, it's just like, it feels like the home stretch. Yeah, final playoff push. You gotta, these are serious games now. Yeah, teams making decisions on what are we doing? Like, are we making a push or are we working on our draft pick? Um, and we'll talk about some of that um, coming up. So we'll work on teams that are trending up, teams that are trending down, and then uh, we'll get into our predictions for how the playoff order is going to end up working out. Um, in both the East and in the West. Let's start with the uh, trending up, Matt. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ste- step aside. I'm gonna 
put my mic down for a second. And I'm just going to let you talk about your Boston Celtics. Let me go put on my Jason Tatum jersey. Um, <laughs> get the stupid headband that's like four inches tall. He's got to shave the beard. It's gross. <laughs> it's bad. Um, my wife commented on that when she saw it on the screen the other day. Um, yeah, it's. but hey, he's playing like a grown man. So whatever makes you feel like a grown man, keep it up, Jason Tatum. This dude, he was the number one bullet point for why are they trending up, is that he does not care anymore about who's guarding him. Um, prime example is that Clipper game that a bunch of people were watching because, you know, not a lot of games before the All-Star break. Some guys, like, their team was already done. And so NBA Twitter just went bonkers for Jason Tatum. Man, this guy showed the range. Like, he showed why he should have been the number one overall pick. <coughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> Good thing uh, Boston had that pick anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, uh, that dude just absolutely was in the fourth quarter and in both overtimes, just sensational. He had what yeah. fifteen in that fourth, and then uh, it felt like he was literally the one scoring every single basket in overtime, except it, for the occasional Gordon Hayward. Here's a three. You can see the leap. Like that yes. was the game you could point to and be like, okay, this dude, like he's not only an all star now, but I mean, he's in the conversation of, like, star, right? Yes. Superstar, maybe. Um, his, I think the thing to highlight, yeah, we've talked about his offensive game, but in the last, like, 10 games, I've noticed his defense just, like, get ramped up. It's taken off. Yeah. No, he is a really good slash great two-way player. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. Yeah. And at this point last year, that wouldn't have not, like, even been a thought let alone a conversation like him playing Jalen Brown level defense border. I mean, trying to creep up on Marcus smart level defense. Like just the fact that that's like real now is incredible to go along with the offense, which has taken a step too. like that. That's what everyone wanted last year. And it just wasn't realistic. And I'm included in that. Like I wanted it last year because of course what you want, but like you got to realize he was 20 years old and like, his second season, he was dealing with the Kyrie thing, and like just something just didn't work, just needed to change. Whether that's Kyrie, Al Horford, I love Al Horford, but he wanted too much money, and the spacing just didn't work. And then Marcus Morris, who was just a constant ball stopper, but he scored a lot last year, like he was good, that's for sure. Um, like it didn't help Tatum though, and this year without those three guys and it really being focused around Tatum, it's Tatum and Walker are the offense. Hayward's a glue guy. Brown's a glue guy. Tice is a glue guy. And, like, it's just a bunch of good players. Smart, like, Mark Smart, Brad Wanamaker, just those type of dudes. And it's just, like, a very clear who's in charge now. And it's Jason Tatum. It really is. And that's the bottom line. That's what I've been looking for from the Celtics is I know it's a committee. Like, yes, it still is. But it's Jason Tatum. Whoever, when they need a bucket, it's Jason Tatum. When they need a stop, it's Jason Tatum. When it's Kawhi guarding you and there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock, Jason Tatum says, clear out. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. Who, who's doing that on this team, on most teams? Very few guys. And then who actually succeeds? Even less. And Jason Tatum's a dude now. He's a full-fledged, all-caps dude. <laughs> he, I mean, like, he... He has that little sidestep that he's been God. on for years. And like it just doesn't matter who's guarding him, kind of like you said earlier. And it, it 
it's so impressive to watch. He and he's taking away a lot of those mid range yeah. shots, right? He can get to it when he needs to if they just need a you know a dire bucket in the last seconds of the shot clock. But like he's not actively looking for it anymore. I don't think. Yeah, and like his finishing, uh, we've talked about it a little bit, touched on it a little bit on this podcast. I know we've talked about it a lot off air. Was kind of abysmal at times. Definitely was. And he's been able to finish. Like he's just figured out. Oh, I'm bigger than most guys i can just finish like i don't there's not like a lot of people coming over to block my shot no there will be occasionally like sure the Giannis, the Joel beads of the world but like most of the time you're gonna have either have a smaller dude on you or the guy on you is not gonna be able to catch yeah. up to you and yeah. block the shot well and that's the thing is he's also really good at realizing i just beat my dude it's one of those type of centers stepping over to block the shot I can take my mid range now. Like he has that mid range game to like, it's fine if he pulls up from 10 feet because yeah. it's going in. It's fine though. If you're going to play Montrez Harrell at center and I'm just going to finish over top, like, right. cause I am literally bigger or as big as Montrez Harrell or whatever that type of center you want to throw out there. It's like the skills he had had in the past. It's now just, it's expanded all the way out to where it's just, it's consistent. Whereas before it was just flashes. And there was probably more consistency than people re- would assume coming into the year, like when he started his NBA career, like the three-point shooting and everything. Um, but now it's like it's just all consistent. And, I, you know, just to have a well-rounded offensive game like that, being able to get to any spot on the floor is a difference maker that no other Celtic can do. Like even Kimba to a point, like he's not always trying to get to the rim. It's more he's looking for the step back. Yeah. And he... He was the step back god in the NBA before James Harden, right? Like <laughs> yeah. he was, like that was his thing, and even he broke um, Landry Shamet the other oh night my too, god. sent him flying. Um, <laughs> like it's he's not trying to get down to the block. He's not trying to you know post up or you know drive by. It's more just like a, I'll drive if I get the mismatch, or I'll pull up if I get the big switched on to me. But like when it's just like a good defender matched up on him, like mm. whether it's a Kawhi or something like. Kimba kind of gets stuck and it's because he's you know six feet tall and there's only so much he can do but Tatum there's I mean you put someone shorter on him he'll go over him put something bigger on him he'll go by him you sag off he'll hit it and if you play up too tight his dribble moves are good enough now to where he can get by and finish at the rim or finish in the mid-range Oh, it's very complete and like you really saw it in the Clippers game where he took 23 shots and finished with 39 points very and he, nice and he even left Very a few nice points on, like on the board at the free throw line. Like, yeah. So it just tells you like there's so much to his game to like. And I mean, I, I really like Walker's game. I really like Hayward's game. I really like Brown's game. I really like what Tice gives them. Um, it's like a nice mix of it all. Cantor, Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker. I wish they kind of had like one more wingy type piece. But, you know, you've got a lot of wings. You can make it work. But I'm just kind of on board with all this Mark Smart, like, just go with what you got, be who you are, and just kind of assume it's going to work out. Because at this point, like, it's definitely going in the right direction. And it, I'm fine with them not really making a move then at the break because, like, why would you pay for a center at this point? That's not a part of your offense. It's never really been a, a part of the Brad Stevens offense. Like, Al Horford was really nice, but, like, the second it stops working or starts breaking down, like, it's kind of a liability unless Horford could guard on the perimeter like how he used to but we saw last year like he couldn't 
So you're looking for a very specific type of center in that situation in like the trading um, sense, and it wasn't there. So just go with it. Just believe in Tatum. Yeah, I'm fine I, with it. I mean, there's not like the the whole like Andre Drummond to Celtics never made sense. That was terrible. Like insert any center who doesn't really fit in that mold. Like Steven Adams even like would be too expensive. Yeah. I don't think Clint Capella is as good of a switch defender as everyone thinks he is. Yeah. And so therefore I don't think that would have ultimately worked out either. I mean, he got played off the court. I mean, you're not playing golden state, but no. he got played off the court in those series. Like Siakam even would run right by him. Yeah. And like, it wouldn't matter. So the second any team went somewhat small, I don't think it would matter. And any time we had a switch, I think he would honestly just get cooked. So he didn't really play the way Boston would want him to play. And so, like, that's why I was fine with it. Just be who you are. Embrace it. Like, we'll talk about this a little bit with, like, Houston and, and Philly before. Like, kind of just embrace your bit of weirdness of, like, playing all wings. Yeah. And, you know, now you've got Kimba, so you kind of have a point guard. Like, just play all your wings and just say, like, stop us. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the killer. That's the killer lineup is Kimba, uh, Brown, Tatum, Gordon, and I guess, like, whoever you want to throw out there. Smart. If we need another wing defender, we've put Smart out there. Yeah. And essentially, like, we just don't have a five. But we can also put Tice out there fairly confidently now. And he's a good switch defender. Not great, but good. And even though he's undersized, he protects the rim decently well. Um, yeah. So, like, he'll he'll clean up the glass. He'll do what you need him to do. He finishes fine. So, like, he gives you enough of what you want out of a center position. So at at four million dollars, so you yeah. just kind of got to go with that, right? Next team trending up, Clippers. Even though they lost a couple games coming into the All Star break, losing to Philadelphia and then Boston in that final game, a couple tough games. Yeah, you know. I mean playoff teams. Uh, you're on the road. Um, reasons for trending up though. Marcus Morris acquired acquiring Marcus Morris, uh, good wing player. They kind of needed something else. Uh, this team has kind of put like it doesn't feel like this team has hit its full potential yet or Definitely. full stride. Kawhi hasn't. Paul George certainly hasn't. Uh, but Marcus Morris is going to help them in the playoffs, guarding LeBron. I mean, like that's yeah. what it comes down to, right? And so it's not always going to be George and Kawhi guarding right. them. Yeah, I think even for the regular season, like Marcus Morris will be useful in the, that same capacity of like, hey, Paul George, you can take the night off. Yeah. Like it's fine. Or Kawhi, you can take the night off. Like I can handle the defensive assignment for a couple games, offensive assignment for you know one or two of them, and like it's fine. Now Mark Morris just can't do it consistently, but he can give you fifteen and five and like good defense. Mm, and yeah. positionally, he, it's a size where like you need just extra guys like that. Yes, his contract's expensive, that's why Boston didn't bring him back. But at the same time, like. It's a good move. They had the money to spend on it. Mo Harkless wasn't going to be able to do what they needed to do ultimately in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, they went and got him. So, like, even if it takes a little bit to adjust, I think it's ultimately going in the right direction. He had a big shot against Boston the other night. Um, to tie it, Like, right? yeah, game tying three. Um, so, like, and, like, in the final minute. So, like, he can do that kind of stuff for you. And it's just another guy to, like, where Paul George, like, he got hurt in the game and he didn't play the whole time. So, like, Mark Morris stepped in did his thing and it was enough um i know they didn't ultimately win the game but like that wasn't marcus morris's fault it was just no one could stop jason tatum like right. Kawhi literally couldn't stop jason tatum so like what are you gonna do 
<laughs> uh, tip your hat and move on. Yep. Uh, they also Clippers also have a really easy schedule coming out of the break. I think it's a combination of like Kings, uh, Suns, Lakers, or something like that. And one of those is like okay, like it's a playoff team. But the other two, it's like all right, you're gonna yeah. probably they can kind of get a hot start going into it. Even if you know George is out a little bit, like that's the thing. Like the Clippers can get on a roll. I think. And like you said, like we haven't really seen them like trying, trying this year. So, you know, probably the last 20 games or so, like they're really going to rev it up. I think really try and get that one or two seed, lock it in. And then, you know, maybe the last couple of games, get a little more rest going into the playoffs, but like getting the one or two is way different than getting the three in the West in terms of like who what kind of team you're going to match up with. So like, I think they're going to really care about that and they're really going to try and like put it on teams. Yeah, sorry. There three games coming out of the All-Star break are is Kings, Grizzlies, Suns. Yeah, that should be a 3 and 0. And that's like you think 3 and 0, then they play Nuggets, 76ers, Thunder, which gets a little bit harder but you, I, still I mean, all confident. three of those are still winnable games. Yeah, like there's not sure. a like, ooh, they're gonna lose that game for sure. I just, I don't know. It, the thing that makes me the most nervous about a team like the Clippers is the on-off switch that they yes. use. Like that's the like when it comes playoff time, can you just flip that switch on and be on all the time? There's no like off. Point, right there's no suns coming yeah. coming in town like you're playing whoever like you might be yeah. with the rockets you might be okc or OKC dallas or dallas or whoever which like are winnable series but teams can make it harder on you than they probably should because like extend series yeah. to make it like all of a sudden like six or seven games when it's yeah. like that should have been a four or five game series yeah exactly um and that happens with a lot of teams though that that they're top heavy mm. and you know, sometimes those top guys like don't always play, and it's like, or you know, don't always build the rhythm with them. So like, I I definitely get the small reasons for concern, but at the same time, you have a guy who just went out and got Toronto an NBA championship, <laughs> and Paul George was carrying an Oklahoma City franchise when he didn't have shoulders. So, you <laughs> know, true. I'm gonna generally bet on the fact that like no one could stop Lou Will and Montrez last year, and I, no one can stop them this year, and then they added those two guys. Yeah, that so, pick and pick and roll in the playoffs is gonna be just again. Lou Will's just gonna score thirty. Yeah, it's a bucket. Uh, moving on to our next trending up team, staying all west here, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I think the biggest reason for um, joy down in Dallas is the fact that Luca came back before the All Star break, yep. and like it looked pretty good. Like knowing he was gonna be a little rusty because you know he missed a few weeks, but he. I mean, again, he just can control a game. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you just need dudes like that. That's what we were talking about with Tatum. Like, he stepped up to that dude status. Mm. And Luca, like, already has that status. Like, he's just one of those guys. Yeah, like, he's... <sighs> we're talking about second-year player who's in conversations of MVP, like, top five. Legitimately, yeah. yeah. And it's not, like like, pity votes or anything like that. It's insane. The good news for Dallas is that you're tied with Oklahoma City for the six or seven, right? Yeah. Um, and you're, 
a game and a half out of Houston at the five. Yes. So you feel pretty good about that. And like, if you have a healthy Przingis, who's kind of found a rhythm, healthy Luca, who's been supernova this year. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of feel good about making this last 20, 25 game push. That is just going to be bonkers in the West. Like if you catch Houston and you end up playing Utah, like you feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, coming out of the all-star break, they're going to go at Orlando, at Atlanta, home Minnesota, Whew. at San Antonio. Like, Jeez. They, they should go 4-0 to start. Yeah, 3-1, 4-0, like, yeah. something like that. And then you go at Miami, at Minnesota, at Chicago. Okay, again, probably 2-1 and one yep. there. And then home Pelicans, home Grizzlies, home Pacers, at Spurs. Again, maybe like 2-2. Two and two. Again, but they're not going to go on like a losing streak at all. Again, they they've always got games against like the Suns and Kings and and Minnesota. Yeah, like kind of intermixed in. Like even if they do have a tough game, they almost never have like two tough games back to back. Like it's not until like end of March where they have like a tough three game stretch against like Houston, Utah, Milwaukee. Yeah, like that's like the only time. Otherwise, like there's always a game against one of those teams. Like it's just like all right, easy bounce back win. So like they're just not going to go on the losing streak from here on out, in my opinion. And so like you, yes, that's a little bit of just looking ahead on the schedule, and we're assuming health. But like, I mean, he was out for a while. They probably rested Luke a little extra just to make sure he was fine. Got him just a bit of reps before the All Star break, and like all right, now let's go sit down for another week, and then we'll get back to it with a easy schedule. Like that, the injury and everything couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah. If it was going to happen. So serious question for you. Do the Dallas Mavericks make a run at the four? You know, I really thought about it because I don't know how much I trust teams like Denver and Houston, Oklahoma City. But like those are all teams that have like done well. Yeah. You know, like they they've all had sustainable success like success. I would say like the six seed is very realistic, like them battling with OKC. Um, I would say them catching Houston is realistic for sure. Like they're only like a game and a half back coming out of the break. Um, played one more game than Houston, but like that's realistic. Maybe a couple of games back. I I just don't know about the four. The four would be tough. Like they would have to make a run. Like Luca would have to be like some of those games where like oh uh, like they'll go two and one. They might have to go like three and zero. Oh. Just yeah. like every now and again, just like an extra one go in their favor out of every like 10 games. Yeah. And I mean, making up that much ground, it's not impossible. It, it just will take some lucky breaks for them. Yeah. Right. Like Luca taking another mini leap, whatever that is, and just like carrying them. They're going to have to figure out like, and I still don't know if they have like figure out like how they're dealing with this Dwight Powell injury. Yeah. Like they brought in Willie Cauley Stein and they brought in now Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Like if they could figure that out, like this Kleba, Porzingis, whatever, Dorian Finney-Smith, like four, five um, situation, like then maybe I would say like the four is actually like not just like a distant light at the end of the tunnel. Like it could be like a thing. But I, again, not that Dwight Powell's like the greatest player in the world, but like he was really good for that team and he filled like a very clear role. So, like, and him and Luca were, like, very good working together. Yeah. You, you can't replace chemistry. Right. You know, some guys, and you're not bringing in a level of talent 
that would overcome the chemistry issues. And it's not even an issue that with Luca and anybody because Luca makes everybody look good. But at the same time, like just like the reps right. of it all. Yep. You have to have that kind of talent to overcome the lack of reps. And just no, no one does to fill that spot. So that's that's an interesting little wrinkle with Dallas. But like I still feel really good about them moving forward. Sure. Yeah. Uh, trending down teams now. Yes, less good. Team, <laughs> teams might still be good. But just less good. Yeah. Uh, Indiana. Yeah, that was the, the first one that came to my mind, honestly. Mm. Partially just because like Oladipo's finally come back. Yep. Right? Kind of that same Lucas situation. Get a few reps in before the All-Star break, and then we'll sit you back down for a week, and then you know get back to it after. Not good. Like, they went into the All-Star break on, like, a six-game skit or something. Um, yeah, that's I mean, been rough. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, they, yeah, they went, like, three and seven in their last ten. So, um, that's that's the concern is mostly why can't they figure this out? Because nope. Oladipo is, like, a really good slash great player. Like, and has been now for a couple years. So, like, you would think, like, he's been in the NBA long enough. He's gone through enough. He's developed enough to be like, he's stepping back in. He's filling back his role. And Indiana has a very clear top three of Oladipo, Sabonis, and Brogdon. And like, this is your team. Turner's a nice piece. You know, Jeremy Lamb's a nice piece. Aaron Holiday's a nice piece. But like, here's our three guys. We're going at you every single time with pick and roll. And you can't stop a thing like us attacking downhill. And it just hasn't worked. Like, they haven't won with Oladipo, really. Um, this year, I know it's a handful of games, but like, you know, this, this is what's going to maximize your team and taking your lumps now. Like I get it. You'd rather take it, take it now than in the playoffs, but like, you know, this seeding thing is like a real deal. Like they were, and still kind of are really fighting like Miami and Philly for like the four or five. If Oladipo had come back in and it seemed like a very smooth transition and you know, they were at least five and five, six and four to go into the all-star break, I would have considered playing them as a trending up team. But yeah. the fact like just the offense looked terrible with all the depot back, like was the <laughs> most concerning part. Yeah. They got the, <clears throat> they got the win. <coughs> oh, excuse me. against uh, Milwaukee coming into the all-star break. That was a big win for them. I don't think Giannis was playing. Uh, <laughs> oh, yikes. That's maybe a less of a win. <laughs> uh, but like, you got to think, that gives some confidence to them. Yeah, I mean, sure. Mark, uh, I just you get the Knicks coming out of the All Star break. So that's a hopefully a win. Like Should if be. you don't win that game, you're really starting to <laughs> starting to worry. Actually, yeah, you're starting to hit the panic button. Um, and like I mean, this question has been surrounding this Indiana team for a long time: is can Sabonis and Turner like fit together? You know, I'm kind of to the point of like. I don't care. Demonis Sabonis is better. So, like, yeah. I, I'm to the point of I don't care. And let's just play Sabonis at center and get some more shooting in there, please. Yeah. They are 29th in three-pointers made yep. this season. Sounds about right. Um, which is not good. Not good yeah. at all. Like, TJ Warren has carried their offense from the perimeter a lot this year. Like, because Brogdon's even been a little in and out. Uh, and, like... They just need a wing, you know? Like, that's just what they've needed. And, like, Warren, like, in the game last night against Milwaukee, or the other night, he went for, like, 35. That's awesome. And, yeah, Giannis didn't play and all. But, like, Oladipo played 29 minutes at 13 points, right? Like, 
there it's gonna be a slow and awkward acclimation back into right. it it's yeah it's a slightly lesser version of the gordon hayward thing you know it just wasn't quite as serious but like still a really serious injury that you know it's cost him this entire season up to this point so like it's a big deal it's going to take time it's just like will at any point before the playoffs like it figure itself out because sabonis high post running the offense borderline the way we want minnesota and carl anthony towns to like has been awesome this year mm. there's a reason he's an all-star yeah. there's a reason why he came in second place in the skills challenge ryan like <laughs> he's a skilled dude <laughs> he's, he's he's really good at basketball and like that's awesome and it's just the flow of their offense just isn't there right now mm. and until they can figure it out i they're not trending up they might stay pat but to me like they had a real shot at going for like the four or five and I just don't feel great about that right now. Yeah, I, man, it's a, it's a tough stretch for them coming out of like can throwing your like superstar all star into this like super tough playoff stretch and expecting to like carry the offensive load and I, I don't feel great about them. Um, we're gonna talk about the seating like our predictions for seating later. And I think I have them slipping because that's not... Like they, and they still have some tough games. Like, don't get me wrong. They'll get their fair share of Knicks, Bulls, Hornets. Sure. Part of that's because they play in the East in the specific um, division within the East they play in. But, like, they still got plenty of games against the Torontos and Portlands and Bostons of the world to, like, you know, every other game you're going to get an easy one with the Clevelands and stuff. But, like, there's every other game you're getting a good team. Yeah. So, and then if like someone has an off night, your margins are yeah. just super slim. That's and that's probably the most concerning part, right there, is what you just said. Yeah. Uh, moving back to the West, we're a West heavy podcast yeah. this, this time around. Trending down, Portland. Yeah. <laughs> Our favorite team to talk. About. I think like if you look at the like Portland's interesting to talk about. Last year, we talked a ton about 76ers. Yeah. Kind of dialed that back a little bit this year. Uh, one, because they're not as good and whatever. Ooh. Okay. Um, good point, though. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Portland. Part of this is the Dame injury, yeah. which we mentioned up in the news. This is, like, panic button time. Because, like, he's getting, yeah, like a week off now for the All-Star break, um, aside from his Dame Dollar performance. So, you know... If he misses any real games, though, I have no idea if Portland can be competitive without him. And it's just kind of like, we all knew that would happen, right? Like, because there was nothing else on this team, especially with the Nurkic injury. Like, CJ McCollum's good, but CJ McCollum has not been good enough this year. Yeah, and, like, I think that's the concerning thing is that the supporting cast around Dame, like, to start this season, like, they... They were very low. Like they, they lost a ton of games. Mm-hmm. Brought in Carmelo, started getting a resurgence. Dame goes supernova, and they make a push for the eight. And then now he's injured. Yeah, where he, Dame was averaging forty points a game for like an entire month. Like that. That's what you needed to even be in the eight seed conversation. You're not in the eight, just like yeah, talked about around exactly. the eight. Like you're still a few games back. So like that's the part right there is like. Can C.J. McCollum be anything close to what Dame was for this team? Because it's not just scoring. It's then creating for other guys. Yeah. And then if C.J. is even somewhat adequately filling the Dame role, who's filling the C.J. role of averaging 19 points a game as like a spot-up type guy? 
for this team? Mello, Ariza. Okay, then who's filling their spot? Like, there's going to be a... Tr- it's just a trickle-down effect right. that happens with yeah. injuries. And I, I ultimately don't trust the ariza Mello part of the equation. It breaks down really quick yeah. for the Blue Trail So, like, <laughs> part of it is CJ, like, I mentioned he hasn't been good enough. He hasn't been efficient enough, in yeah. my opinion. So, like, he... In the last, like, since the new year, he's shooting, like, 40% from three, which is awesome. Like, he's finally getting back to that. But it's, like, 42% overall from the field. Yeah. Like, that's not good. The free throw shooting has particularly been, like, weirdly bad. But he's also not getting to the free throw line. He's taking, like, two a game this year. And he's shooting, like, in, like, 75% for the year. Like, 60% Oof. since the new year. Oof. Like, for some reason, like, the guy can't get to the rim slash make a free throw. So, like, that's concerning because, like, really then you're just relying on your perimeter game. Yeah. And at some point, teams are just going to take it away. TJ McCollum just does not have the on-ball dribbling skills to like facilitate for himself and like play make for others. It's just not his game. And that's fine. And like only even with Dame out only five out of the 18 games of 2020 has he shot 50% or better. Like as a spot up guy slash secondary creator, you can't get to 50% more often than, you know, like 30% of the time. Like that's really concerning to me. Like it's just showing he's had a down year. We've all known he's had a down year, but now the spotlight's on him to not have a down year because Portland is desperately pushing for the playoffs. That's why you made their reason move. It's yep. why you brought in Carmelo. It's why you didn't try and shut this down earlier and just shut down Nurkic for the year. You're still trying to get him back this month or next month. Like It's all on him right now until Dane comes back. And even when Dane comes back, like you're going to have to ease him into it. Like He can't go for 40 first game back. Yeah, I mean, I, that then presents a whole host of other questions. Is Dame going to be on a minutes restriction? Is yeah. he going to be uh uh is he going to be 100%? Like or are they going to rush him back to try to uh, yeah, push for this playoff spot and then he re-injures and which is in a really bad which would be a, a, the worst situation yeah. out of anything. Um I I mean, if I'm Portland, I, do they have their pick this year? Do they ever have their pick? <laughs> uh, let me look real quick. Um, I mean, so if you, even if like it, you do have the pick, you're like 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there. Probably. Um, I, I don't know. They didn't do a ton at the trade deadline and they didn't have a lot to work with either though, uh, in terms of movable contracts. Yeah, they have this year's. I just, I don't know if they don't make the playoffs. You're in the middle of the NBA, and you got to do something. Like I think yeah. this, this it's time for a shakeup with this Portland roster. I mean, right? so like, and again, like the white side thing was always weird because like you're yeah. not bringing him back, right. right? Like, so like there's no value in him, like in terms of like bird rights or anything like that. Like you're not trying to resign the guy realistically. Like even if you were, it'd be like you know for the taxpayer mid-level or something yeah and he doesn't want that he, he can find someone to give him more than that so like, you're probably not dr- giving him back but you're so capped out that like you kind of get into like the thing that that golden state got into with durant like okay you're not coming back but like we don't get to then go spend 30 million dollars on somebody else because we like we just lose that right. space like we have to sign a trade and like Who's signing and trading for Hassan Whiteside? Like no one cares that enough about Hassan right. Whiteside, and even so, it's not going to be for much money. Yeah. Like it's not going to be really that valuable of a, something that you'd be getting back. It might be useful, but like not really that valuable. So like you just get into this whole mess of like, 
what are you going forward as a team? Like, it's Damon CJ. I mean, you could try and bring Melo back at a reasonably small contract. But, like, what are you doing? Yeah, I think that, I mean, like, there's concerns for this team longer, long-term, more than just this season and outside of Dame's injury. Like, do you look at trading CJ McCollum? Like, that's been their guy. I've been saying that. Yes, you do. Like, he's not on an awful deal. Like, it's not dead money. I know I kind of crapped on CJ McCollum like three minutes ago. But, like, <laughs> it, it's not a terrible deal. And we know what he can be. He's still sure. young enough to, like, be, like, a really useful guy. But, like, he's a number two or three guy. Yeah. Um, at, like, at best. So, like, you know, in situations where, like, you know, just thinking of teams we talked about that were trending up, like, Boston. Like, I would take Tatum, Brown, Kimba, Hayward before I took CJ McCollum. Yeah. And... So it's just kind of one of those, like, those type of teams, like, the really good ones that are looking for playoff guys. Like, some of them, like, I don't need what he gives me. It, it might be teams that are more, like, in that 6 through 10 spots that are looking for a C.J. McCollum. In which case, it's like, okay, but what are you getting back? Because there was a reason they were only in the 6 <laughs> through 10 range. Right. You know? They'd be, you'd be probably looking for depth at that point. Yeah, it's kind of going back to the Clint Capella thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to turn the one asset into multiple, yeah. just solid pieces. Like, because yeah. that's what your team needs at this point, and then kind of rebuild from there, and that gives you a little bit of cap relief. Yeah, I don't know who, though. Like, maybe you can talk like San Antonio into taking CJ McCollum on. Like that could I be would one be of their guys. Really interested if they could call a team just a little south of them, Sacramento, and try and get either Buddy healed Hill. or like a sign and trade Bogdanovich. That'd um, be interesting. And like but Bogdanovich probably wouldn't make enough, so like Bogdanovich and something. Yeah. Like just to, you know, I know they did the Trevor Reza thing with the Kings already, but like just try and get something like that. Like another playmaker ish, you know, really good shooter, spacer that can help Dame out. I would say that's kind of ish like the deal you'd be going for i don't know if sacramento would be interested in cj mccollum um but like that'd be a good pairing next to fox because he's definitely a force but floor spacer still yeah so like those type of things are like what you'd have to consider and think about when you're moving mccollum and when teams are thinking about like would they want him or not so much of this and we really didn't hit on it it's because we don't know it's what's yusuf nurkic right because he snapped his leg that was last year right yeah that was like, almost a year ago yeah and um, like the talks are like they want him like last month it was we think he can come back after the all-star break like end of february okay well a month later we haven't heard like anything yeah is that a portland doing a good job of like kind of keeping this like tempered or is that like he's not ready you know and sometimes we almost don't know but even when he does eventually come back whether it's the end of this year or the beginning of next year what is he going to look like right like he's a big so like maybe we don't see it quite as visibly as we did with like gordon hayward but like he's still like a huge man he's you know 270 pounds putting a bunch of pressure on that leg trying to dunk and block shots so like even when he does come back what is he because like if he's what he was before he broke his leg like you would actually feel pretty good about trading cj like you wouldn't feel that bad Mm. but like if it looks rough you'd be like we can't yeah. We got to have some form of offense here, like offense, defensive swing guys. And if Nurkic can't be that, then like it screws Portland's plan. 
but like you know there's only so much you can control you just got to wait on it almost to yeah. see yeah i mean that's tough like nurkic coming back uh, he I, he was so good for them last year he was uh, i really enjoyed him and i i just don't know what to do with this portland team like i'm just baffled we've talked about uh their draft history and just the lack of caring um, oh so much in the late rounds and I, I mean it's coming to a head i think with this team and i'm gonna be very interested to watch them play even though sometimes it's really hard to watch them play because yes. i have league pass and whew man that's rough they are something watch. at least it's better than like charlotte and i don't know orlando no. yes that's true speaking of orlando hey good segue uh let's talk about another trending down team that like what in the world is this roster like can we i know we've talked about it before but just coming back to it because somehow some reason it is once again we've passed another another trade deadline where you've had like four or five big men on your roster and you're like no i'm not gonna trade any of them we're gonna keep all of them yep i was calling for a vucevic trade last year like with, cashing with this, the asset with so you re-signed Vucevic and like are you I pose this question to you like are you are you building around Vucevic is this your guy I mean you paid him like 25 million dollars a year for the next four years so like I guess uh, it's like they never like no one ever came out and said like Vucevic is our dude we think he can anchor an offense inside and like we just need to find the best perimeter talent to fit with him no oh. one's ever said that okay okay all right let's let's assume that's their thinking right? okay they didn't say it but that's what they're going let's, for. okay so then you go and draft uh aaron gordon all right all right so what is he what is he matt he's oh, a four he's a four okay so can he shoot uh, okay all right on to the next then you draft uh jonathan isaac who's been okay yeah been prob- okay probably a four maybe a small wall five Okay, so now we're up to three. If okay. you're if you're counting at home, then you draft Mo Bamba. <laughs> Explain that one to me. Definitely a five. <laughs> like a hard cap five. Like, and then Kim Birch. Not even to mention Kim Birch. Who's like a team. good center. Like, so we we're, we're thinking. Okay, so we're gonna draft Mo Bamba, and then last summer we're gonna let go of Vucevic, or last trade deadline we're trading Vucevic because we have our next center. Yeah. And then you watch Mo Bamba, and you're like. Oh, though he was playing against chairs and workouts. Yeah. Yes. Like what? I just don't understand. Like you should have tried tried to trade Vucevic. Yeah. This yeah. past trade that this trade deadline, but yeah. definitely last trade deadline, yeah. so you didn't sink twenty five million dollars yeah. into his co- new contract. Or let's just go back to the you're building around Vucevic. You can't play Vucevic, Gordon, and Isaac. Like that just doesn't work. They've tried. It's it's not this, like, this is not like Philly with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, okay? This is like a this is like three tiers down from this that. This is like a step above the Knicks and playing yeah. all power forwards. Yes, but not by much. Honestly, <laughs> like I think Jonathan Isaac's really good. Like he's put on weight, it, yeah. but like it hasn't really slowed him down. It really hasn't stopped him from like being like a really good defender, like three through five. So like I really like Jonathan Isaac moving forward. I think he's he should be like the four of the future for this team. So then, what are you doing with Aaron Gordon? Like, do he's you? He's not a three. No, he's tried, and they've tried, and I get why you've tried. But like, we've seen flashes of the offense, but like, it's not consistent. 
it's just not his best game is being like a rim running for Draymond type of guy. I mean, who, that's his role, right? Like yeah, ultimately. It should be. And it, but that doesn't fit with Jonathan Isaac and Nick Vucevic. And whether you want to say like we haven't, you know, we're still young enough to where we can try these things. Well, like Aaron Gordon's on his second contract. Jonathan Isaac's about to be on a second contract. You just gave Vucevic his basically max. So like you kind of committed to the other guys too. So you've got to you've got to drop the ball with one of these guys, and Aaron Gordon can still get you assets. Most teams want to trade for Jonathan Isaac because Isaac's the better player. Yeah. But like Aaron Gordon can still get you assets. He's on a fine deal. It's like nothing too expensive, and at the very least, you can sell him to some fan base that really wants like a show, right? Like we see it in the All Star Game, right. like the dunk contest. Like, dude will put on a dunking highlight reel for you every single night, and that's gonna be really cool to like Charlotte or something yeah but like you know get him to phoenix and let him just kind of throw like or catch lobs from devin booker and like let the team enjoy it and like actually try and win yeah i mean that's kind of but even like your phoenix example there is like okay so deandre and or in inner gordon like is that work well like and phoenix may not even do the deal because like we have dario sarge like yeah. again for guys who are like just kind of fours like, they just, like, that's their only position. Because, like, Aaron Gordon kind of refuses to be a small ball five. He'd rather be a three. Like, guys like that just aren't, like, they're just getting phased out. Yeah. Like, you either fully embrace being a four and, like, being, like, a defensive, you know, swing guy who can, like, guard up and down the lineup and, like, just rim run the heck out of them and then hit spot up corner threes. You either fully embrace it or, like, you kind of accept that you might get phased out or you're going to be on a bad team. Yeah. It's there's only so many options there. And I would love to see Gordon pick like the first and like really just embrace who he is, but he can't do that in Orlando. That's a tough thing. Yeah. It, and you feel like the, the I mean, the, this change is coming like the, it new, has to, right. New front office has been there for what? A couple seasons. Yeah. They've watched it. They've tried it. They, they can't, you know, no one's going to say, like, well, you didn't give it a chance. Right. They did. This is as many chances as you can give this team, especially if they don't make the playoffs. I think that's the thing. That's I actively kinda, want Orlando to miss the playoffs. <laughs> that's kind of like the kicker here. If they make the playoffs, it's like, well, we could kind of run it back. You no. went like 41 and 41 last year and scraped into the seven. Yeah. No, if DJ Augustine didn't hit that game winner in <laughs> game one against Toronto, like they probably would have blown it up. Yeah. But, like, that literally one shot kind of, like, <laughs> kept them together. So, maybe this is just all DJ Augustine's fault. And he went to Texas. And Texas sucks. So, like, maybe that's it. Horns up for peace, Matt. Uh, <laughs> another talking point, young player. It's just the Mark L. Fultz experience, right? Like, you yeah. just got to kind of live through that. I guess. Right? Like, I get why they definitely went and got Mark L. Fultz. Totally made sense. They gave up nothing for him. Yeah, Philadelphia, maybe try to get morning for your first over, yeah. former first overall pick. So, like, I totally was in on them trying to get him. And, like, I, I don't know if he's been good, good this year. But, like, he's been good enough to, like, you want to keep this train going yeah. a little bit more. So, like, he's a nice piece moving forward. But, like, you know, I don't know what kind of draft pick they're going to get or whatever. But, like, if there was a point guard on, like, the, you know, on your board and at pick number... 10 and you're like we really love player x you i i would tell him draft him then 
and like make Markel kind of like a combo guard, a yeah. secondary ball handler. I think that might ultimately be like what he's going to be. But like part of being a part of the Fultz experience now is like you got to live through some of the mistakes because yeah. he's like basically a rookie still. He's learning still, yeah. To be like an NBA floor, deal with NBA size, not playing a zone at Washington. Like that's just kind of what you're going through. And like they definitely have a nice team around him in terms of defensively, like kind of helping him out because he's a good defender too, but like still helping him out with the NBA and everything. But like offensively, like Aaron Gordon being a three it, and then Jonathan Isaac still working on his game, like is definitely holding him back. Like he can't get to the rim quite as much as he'd yeah. like. He plays more in transition to get his offense, which makes sense. But like, he's not a great half court player yet on offense. And until that comes around, you can't say like he's our like lead guard of the future, whether you want to call him a point guard or not. Our lead guard of the future, and probably it's just going to take time. But probably it's going to take better roster construction. Yep, it's got to be a combination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really think I mean like he can be a solid role player, like you said. Um, I'm interested to see how Orlando finishes the season because uh, Aaron Gordon needs to be on another team. For their sake, I hope not good. Yeah. Maybe for Aaron Gordon's sake, too. Yes. Get him out of Orlando. Um, okay, let's talk. Let's predict the playoffs. Let's just predict what we're going to think is that this is like day end, day after NBA season ends, and this is what we think the playoff order will be. Yeah. Let's go at it. Um, I'll say, do you want to go each of us say our one through eight, or do we want to like alternate one, one, two, two, three, three? Let's uh, do one through four. All right. So that's like the home home teams. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to go in order, Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Philly. Ooh. So you got Boston catching up to the two. Yeah. Toronto falling to the three. I, I'm just kind of betting on Toronto not staying on a 28-game win streak to end the year. Mm, mm. You know. Yeah. I got uh, I got Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami. Ooh, I love this. I love. Give me Jimmy Butler, and I ultimately I just want a Miami Philly four five. Oh, I do too. And spoiler, I Miami as my five. Isn't that yes? I a hundred percent want that matchup. But I think I gave Philly the slight edge because their schedule is just a little easier. Sure. Going down the stretch. Um. So, like, that's ultimately why I favor them. But, like, I was close. I wanted to pick Miami really bad. Oh, um, just, you know, like, to get there, to, like, go make the Iguodala trade, um, also get Crowder and Hill, and just kind of, like, roll with that. And, like, it really works. But that kind of takes time. And, like, it takes a little adjustment. And so, like, I, I do wonder, like, how, you know, do they lose an extra game or two that they, you know, maybe wouldn't have? But, like long-term it's a good move you know for him so that's why i think i kept philly in the top four but it's i don't know if it's anything philly has particularly done on a basketball court yeah that's the thing i i pushed them to five let me spoil alert there i just don't love that they didn't do really anything at the trade deadline when this team needs something yeah is alec burks gonna be enough and no, no, I can answer that question already. The Alec Burks no. looks really good on bad teams. Sure, a lot of play. I mean, insert, <laughs> like any any player. Like you could convince me that Kevin Love was a meaningful player in Minnesota. Oh wow, we just went there. Um, <laughs> Jesus. 
Matt didn't expect it to come as much. Hashtag John Morant murders the man once, and then here comes Ryan. Just John, gives him John another. Didn't finish the dark. I <laughs> caught it and just yammed it. <laughs> I have this visual in my mind <laughs> of Ryan dunking on Kevin Love, and it's not natural. <laughs> It would create a lot for me to like dunk. It would it would be uh, um, astronomical, just insane thing. But anyways, back to actual basketball. So, uh, did you say your final uh, three or what is that? Four teams? Uh, no, teams? we've only gone through the five. Okay, let's give our last three because we both have said yeah, Miami. we've gone to a little bit. Um, so then six Indiana, seven Brooklyn, and then eight. I don't feel good about it, but. I like this Washington. I'm going to give you so much crap for this. <laughs> you have talked the biggest amount of trash on the Washington Wizards. The Latvian missile, Davis Bertans, has just gone on a tear, and I love it. So that's what you're banking your like. That's what you're banking your playoff, like them making the playoffs. Who do I trust more right now, Brad Beal and Davis Bertans, or and you know the other realistic team is Orlando? Or Vucevic and uh, Von Fournier. (laughs) Give me Brad Beal over everybody. Give me Davis Bertans above either of those guys for Orlando right now. I'd rather have Bertans on my team than Vucevic. So I'll live with Ish Smith playing point guard or something. Is Markel Fultz really any better than Ish Smith right now? God, <laughs> he's not. You're really <laughs> you went at Kevin Love, and you just opened Pandora's box. So we're just going at. <laughs> so your Washington hate has turned into Orlando hate. Is that what I'm picking up on? I I said it. I actively want Orlando to miss the playoffs. This is amazing. So you tur- you I you've, will <laughs> lean into Washington. I mean, they're only three games back right now of um of Orlando. So like. Orlando's played 55 games. Washington's only played 53, so there's a couple games to get caught up right there, Ryan. Um, six and four going into the All-Star break, whereas Orlando three and seven going into the All-Star break. Like, I, I'm just seeing Washington. They've played more road games than they have home games. So, you know, back out the schedule, you're going to get a little more home. I'm, Do you have Stockholm Syndrome? <laughs> Like, I'm I, I, I said this right before. I, I don't feel good about this, but I, I'm not picking Chicago. I'm, I don't think Charlotte has enough. And I, I just don't think this Orlando team, like I don't for, for their own good moving forward. I'm tired of them being in purgatory. I'm trying to get them out of it. I'm trying to send them down to, to the bad place downstairs. And then eventually they'll be lifted up in time. But in the meantime, I'm here for Bradley Beal. This is amazing. I can't believe you flipped to a pro-Washington stand. I, I don't know about pro-Washington, but... I, I'm saying pro-Washington. All right, that's I'm, fine. I'm going to speak it. Put my existence. name next to it. <laughs> so my final three, I have the 76ers, like I said, at the five. Uh, Pacers at the six. The Nets at the seven. And then Magic at the eight. So essentially, it it's stays just as eight. is. Yeah. Um, I debated about putting the nets above the pacers i ultimately think the pacers will fi- figure out this yeah Oladipo i do too Oladipo thing and i just don't think that kyrie is going to play enough games down the stretch for it to matter yeah you're probably right about that <clears throat> um so that's east 
You ready to move on to the West? Yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, so give your one through four. So in the West, I'm going to go in order Lakers, Jazz, mm. Clippers, Nuggets. You you zagged on that one. I did. I feel so good about it. You have the Jazz moving up to the two. Okay, talk me into it. Why are the Jazz at two? So one, Donovan Mitchell is like amazing, right? Like he has been balling out. Mm. I don't care if it's sometimes inefficient. I just don't care because this dude is on another level. Um, I think Rudy Gobert, and like I've never been on this train, but. Rudy Gobert is massively underrated. Ooh. Like, this, like I know he's got played off the floor in the playoffs before. Like, I get it, but like, he's gotten better. Like, we act like Rudy Gobert, like it just is who he is, and he's been this way for three years. Like, no, he like he's worked on his offensive game. He's like a much better scorer. I I think he's a better rebounder. I somehow think he's a better shot blocker. Like, and Utah's system is just so you know in favor of this guy and helping him like be the ultimate version of himself like the way they play drop coverage the way like they've surrounded him with really good shooting like i just i love the team they've built to surround him with like Donovan mitchell is going for 24 a game right now bogdanovich is going for 21 and then gobert's third and scoring at 16 that's like, nice like he's he doesn't need a ton of shots to do it either like he's just super efficient around the rim which is exactly what you need second in the nba and rebounding only behind andre drummond and his loose you know stats he you know he's protecting the rim he's doing exactly what you need and then like they brought in jordan clarkson which never been the biggest jordan clarkson guy you know in a vacuum he's always been really good but in a team setting he's never really been what you've needed on this team he works though like he's averaging 15 a game right now on 46% shooting from the field, 38% from three, 84% from the line. Like he's a self creator that they didn't have. And he's basically filling the role Mike Conley needed to fill. Yeah. That's the one hesitation I have about the jazz is like, what is Mike Conley at the end of the day? And, and I get that for sure. Can like, he, like, is he the difference maker in a playoff series? Maybe, but you know, he started to pick it up. Well, he's up to 14 yeah. points a game shooting 36% from three. He, you know, ball handling, him and Mitchell are basically tied for um, leading the team in assist. Mm. Um, or second in team, because Joe Ingles is an assist per game better. Um, and like, and I haven't even got to him. Like, Joe Ingles not having the best year, but, like, it's it's getting back to where it was for sure. Like, he's up to, you know, 40% shooting from three this year. It's only 10 points a game, but it's five assists per game. It's a steal a game. It's just really good team basketball he's trying to play, and he's knocking down the shots now that they need him to. Beginning of the year, he wasn't hitting the shots. Now it's going in. He's not taking a ton of shots, but he's hitting the ones he's getting. So at the end of the day, like you just kind of got to live with that. Yeah. I, he came back into the starting lineup while uh, Mike Conley was out for there mm-hmm. in that stretch and really kind of found a groove there. Um, I so, don't – last thing on my jazz. Yeah. On your chest. They have a playoff seven. Right? Like they've got so Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Gobert, and then let's just call it Ingles and Conley as like the five. And then Clarkson and O'Neal as like the bench slash more role type guys. Like it's it's so clear what they're trying to do and what they have. So O'Neal's real good. Yeah. Doesn't get talked about. No. It's like I'm generally in on that. I kind of wish they had a better backup center, but like mm. Tony Bradley's been fine enough 
like George Niang's been fine enough. So like I'm I'm cool with it. So you know, at worst, if there's a buyout guy, maybe they try and convince him to come to Utah for 20 games. But I I really like what they have. It's a perimeter oriented team, but Gobert is filling what they need him to fill so perfectly. And I'm generally going to bet on Utah at towards the end of the year. Um, just getting, you know, games in Utah. Like teams are like, I don't want to go to Utah. Right. That sucks. Um, so like, I'm just kind of going to roll with it. They nice. always end the year. Well, that's true. You didn't convince me. You didn't get there, but that's fine. You made a lot of valid points. I like the points you made. Uh, so my top four Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets. Most notably, I have the Nuggets slipping out of the two, going to the three, and the Clippers mm-hmm. catching, uh, and then Houston uh, sliding up to the four. You are, sl- I, I'm, I feel like I was actually a little higher on Houston than you, like just talking it out, but like seating wise, you have them above where I have them because I believe more in the Jazz. I just think so. Here's the deal: James Harden has not played well for the majority of the year. Good portion of it. Good portion. Um, Some sometimes he's going for fifty. Yeah. Sometimes he's going for 20 on 30 shots. And like 13, like he was going like under sub 20, like several games in a row at stretches. Yeah. Weird, Weird. for him. Um, I think he kind of finds something. I think they're starting to find something. It's whether or not that they have the energy to pull it off in the playoffs. Embracing the small ball weirdness. Yeah. Like that they've taken to another level. Like if they end up playing the jazz, like I have them. Because I have the jazz, spoiler, I have the jazz at the five. Rudy Gobert is going to cause issues for them. Like, straight up. Like, they They, were they the, will literally just run a pick and roll and just throw it to the dive, man. Every single time. They, they will have, they will have some serious issues figuring that out. It's going to be whoever James Harden's guarding. Yep. You are going to get hit with a screen from Rudy Gobert. In which case, either that big man's going to have to step up because... Harden's not fighting through a screen. Right. And it's going to be a wide open three for Joe Ingles. Or if the big man steps, Joe Ingles is going to throw a little flick of the wrist towards the basket and Gobert's going to go catch it. There's not, like, do you have to play Westbrook on Gobert? Like, is that, like, the, is that the matchup? I still, I, whoever Harden's guarding, they're going to run a pick and roll with that guy and Gobert. Yeah. And until Gobert gets played off the floor. And I don't know if, Houston can play him off the floor because I just wonder if they can hide him on PJ Tucker. Yeah. I mean, like you can slip, like that's the thing is the Rockets were able to kind of play Rudy Gobert and neutralize his game yes. last couple of seasons in their playoff. And I think Rudy Gobert is oddly enough going to flip that series. If it does happen, I don't know. I, I like the Rockets finishing the regular season just kind of with this novelty thing. But after that, I don't feel great about it. Oh yeah, I have, I have no idea what to make of them, which is like totally cool with me because like I love not knowing. Like yeah. right, we got twenty five games left or so, and I have no idea what Houston's gonna do for the last twenty five games in the playoffs. Like, I think that's incredible because like how often does that happen? It just doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, the other team's Philly and because you I- went and traded like your only decent center at the trade deadline for a guy who's like six foot six, <laughs> right? Like that's that's so cool. Yeah, I don't know if it'll work, but it's really cool. Robert Covington, we're going to find out if he can play, like, serious, meaningful minutes in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, if he can hit the corner three. Yeah, like, that's that, it. That's it. Because like, when they played Boston last, when he was in Philly, he, he got did not. Played, he got played off the floor. Yeah. And, you know, is is he going to be a, basically a glorified Alfred Camino? Yeah. Or is he going to be, like, 
the Robert Covington people kind of fell in love with in Philly. Yeah, that's a good point. So then the last half of my West prediction. So again, Lakers, Jazz, Clippers, Nuggets, top four. And then I, I put Houston at the five. Mm. I, I want to put them higher. I just don't think they'll catch the Nuggets, um, who I have slipping to the four. And then after that, it's kind of like another tier of OKC Dallas to me. Um, I'll leave them in that order. Although Dallas finally has Luka back, so I could see them making a little bit of a run. I'm just going to trust OKC and Chris Paul. Right, like they have, they both have more road games and they have home games to end the year, and so I'll kind of rely on this OKC team because I like their team better. I like Dallas's team, um, and then I have Portland. Well, I think I have Portland getting in. I don't know. I'm I'm cool with them just canceling the spot and like giving the Lakers a bye. And I'm not a Lakers guy. I hate the Lakers. Uh, yeah, this eight. Seed. Are we gonna get a full like? No one deserves the A because of Kobe. The Lakers get a buy. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Hope not. So I'm gonna I'm gonna zag on you. Uh, I by the way, I want Memphis to get it. Okay. I just don't know if Memphis will get it. I'm I'm pro Memphis too. That team's yeah. really fun. Pro John Morant. I want John Morant to dunk on LeBron James. <laughs> I I'm just gonna throw that out into the universe right now, and I'll let God do with that as He will. <laughs> Dangerous prayers, right, Craig Groeschel? That's the sermon series you're on right now. Dangerous prayers. Dangerous NBA <laughs> prayers. That's a podcast series we're going to go into. Um, so, five, like I said. Jazz. I got the six. Mavericks. Mm. Thunder, seven. They slip. And this is where I Zach. I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans. Hell yeah. <laughs> and we're getting a Lakers-Pelicans matchup in round one. That's awesome. And that that's what I want. I want Anthony Davis to have to go back to New Orleans and get booed. I'll in speak this into line. existence. Zion dunking on Anthony Davis. <laughs> Could you imagine if a combination of either Zion, Brandon Ingram, or uh, Lonzo Ball dunked on Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis. What no, they, in what, New Orleans. In New Orleans. What if Josh Hart throws a lob and they all go to finish it? <laughs> Can we get that to happen? <laughs> First of all, Josh Hart would have to throw a lob. <laughs> Okay, so, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Drew Holiday. Hear me out on this one. I think Lonzo Ball has improved this year. He's been good. He's been good this year. Like, he's a capable NBA starting guard. If, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, the Pelicans have found something with Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball. Yes. And that's not even mentioning Brandon Ingram. Oh, and oh, by the way. Who's like an all-star. Yeah, Brandon Ingram's really good. And oh, by the way, Zion Williamson. Who should be an all star. <laughs> Could be an all star. He should be in the dunk competition at least. Should be in the everything competition. <laughs> uh, this team, like, if they go to that, like, I don't know, Drew Holiday, uh, Lonzo Ball, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson lineup, and like, Death. it's like, what do you do? <laughs> like, seriously, like, how you can you talk about Rudy Gobert catching lobs against the Rockets. Watch Zion. Like, Zion can play the five. Like, I feel like that's his role. Like, that's going to be him. Yeah. Is the five. Um, uh, and, like, Ingram, his playmaking is so good. He's shooting, like, 40% from three this year. Yeah. While still being a playmaker and creating for himself off the dribble. Yeah. And Lonzo's, like, kind of gotten his percentage up this year. I think he's, like, the shot looks better. 36. His playmaking is still really good. And, like, defensively, he looks good. Like, yeah. last year, he was not good defensively. You've seen him, like, hustle, hustle yeah. this year. And Drew Holiday, like, started to find something there towards the end of the play, or in, in 
into the all-star break yeah um there's several games back yep several games back but i think they could do it i think they can make like a miami like push like they had like the second half of the year they just like completely flip yeah i want them to we've talked about them as like the most fun team to watch that was for like day one zion healthy zion hurt they were going to be an incredibly fun team this year to watch they're gonna be they were the league pass team Mm. and you know injuries really you know screwed that up for them for sure you know um so like you you some level can't really judge their season because like it just it's gone so awry but at the same time like when you've seen it together it's a playoff team it really is a playoff team and so like it's just is there enough time that's that's the question with New Orleans is if they're healthy, which they are now, is there enough time to make up the ground that they lost? Man, I think they're gonna get to like that ten, but I don't know if they'll get all the way to the eight. They have to play extremely well, and they just have to like essentially go on runs the rest yeah. of the year. Like they have to win a ton of games in a row, and they probably steal a couple, two or three games that they really shouldn't be able to steal. Steal a couple, and also like have things like memphis go on several yeah. game losing portland streams. like dame stays out or yeah. is not not 100 when he comes back there is a path there's a path there's like a five percent chance but like it's it's enough to where like you don't completely shut it down yeah it's like i'm kind of for this i want it again one of those i want to happen i would love for memphis or no to make the playoffs this year yeah i'll, I'll stay portland but like it's not what i want although i love dame it's like yeah. it's hard to say i don't want dame but like, I don't want Dame to be just carrying this ragtag group and then get swept out by the Lakers. Yeah, this, uh, I think the narrative for me is the favorite, my favorite part about yes, that. Yes, that that's the exact point right there. Um, because like, the Lakers sweeping Portland in four games is boring, and I just want more interesting basketball. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up this podcast, Matt? We've talked quite a bit. I am feeling pretty good. I got some things off my chest. Yeah, <laughs> like, I went, I, like some you, you got me talk. to, yeah, speak into existence, Washington, and you know, send Orlando just down to the dumps of the NBA. So I'm good. <laughs> I can't believe you. I just still can't get over the fact that you're pro Washington now. All right, we can cut that now. We can edit that out. <laughs> it's not getting edited out. You said it, not me. <laughs> I'm just describing what you're saying. Okay. Um, thank you so much for listening. We will see you back for episode 64 uh, post All-Star Game. We're going to try to watch the All-Star Game now. Yeah. Probably not. See you then. Yeah.